Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Tony Whittle and Craig Ravel, and we're joined by a luminary list of motorsport heavyweights from Australian supercars. And uh, we got them in a forum and had a good chat to uh, discover their views on how they're coping with the COVID-19 pandemic and the way in which their businesses are being adapted to it. So on the show today, we have Roland Dane of Triple Eight Race Engineering, Barry Ryan of Erebus Motorsports, Matt White of Matt White Racing, Scott Pye, now Team 18, Thomas Randall of Matt White Racing Super 2 driver, and of course, Kevin Fitzsimon, who is the long-time Dunlop representative, and giving us their views on the way in which they're coping with COVID-19. Supercars um, can do uh, right now um, for the series. Um, Roland, I'd like to kick off with you sort of thing. You know, from the point of view of your, your team and your business. Yeah, so um, the first thing they can do is stay in business. So most critically, um, they need to they need to stay in business. They need to, as an organisation, uh, which we're all a part of and state, stakeholders uh, in, shareholders in, uh, they need to stay in business and they need to uh, to work out uh, what our what our future looks like. So, and that's that's very much on foot at the moment, very active uh, and going on going on as as we speak. You know, I've spent uh, I've spent uh, three hours on the phone today already, um, covering various aspects of that off, off um, and I do most days at one level or another. Uh, with with different people who are relevant to that, so um, that supercar's job at the moment is to stay in business and to and to map out uh, map out what the future looks like, um, both in the immediate sense of going racing again, and then uh, and then longer term plans as well. Yeah, Matt White, um, maybe from your perspective as a super two owner, um, what supercars can be doing for you and and your business? Oh, look, it's tough because the whole, the whole sport, it, everything's outside our hands at the moment. And um, I, I think the best thing that they could do from, from our point of view is just keep the communication up. Um, we need to make sure that we can be ready uh, in the event that um, we can go racing. Um, but as far as supercars, uh, a good information flow, I think is critical. Um, I mean, it's exactly like you know the, the PMs out there keeping everyone informed um, on a regular basis. And when you're dealing with things that aren't in your control, I think you, you just need to be ready to be able to sort of adapt and move. But, but for us, we just need information. We understand that that uh, supercars and and all other sporting codes, for that matter, um, are very much guided by external factors. Um, so, you know, let, let's just uh, cross our fingers and hope um, the trends continue in the way that they are and Australia looks like it's it's um, dealing with this very well. But, um, yeah, I mean, fingers crossed because it's tough times. 
Okay. Um, Kevin, uh, Kevin Fitzsimon from uh, Dunlop, of course, as a supplier to both the main game and Super 2. <laughs> Supercars is, uh, uh, affects your business totally. You're, you're uh, one of a number of people at Dunlop, but how can, how can Supercars be doing just getting the cars back on track, I suppose? Yeah, that's the the main thing is exactly as Maddie said there, just keep the communication lines open. Um, uh, I've been in sort of regular contact with the, the necessary people there sort of thing. We're ready to go um, basically uh, at a week or 10 days notice. We, um, we've got plenty of stock with all the tyres that uh, were already here, ready to go to New Zealand, for example, and tyres in Perth, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we're ready to push the button um, as, soon as, as soon as we get back to um, – flattening this curve off that everyone's talking about and uh, and we get some direction from the, the government. Um, it'll roll over to Motorsport Australia to put their case forward, which Supercars, of course, will be a part of and just get motorsport in general along with all the other sports up and running. So, uh, but uh, we're, we're ready to go as soon as we get the A-OK. Okay. Scott Pye, um, you've got a number of different avenues in which the business affects you, obviously, principally, I suppose, as you're a driver, but there are other aspects to uh, the way in which this has, in fact, impacted your business, aren't they? Yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, you, you mentioned it briefly that um, effectively got um, two businesses that, that I rely on with driving being number one. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, until we know what's happening there, I think as a, as a driver, our, our mission and, and um, what we're working on needs to be obviously one being fit and ready to go when this does all um, uh you know, allow us to, to get back to, to work and driving the race car. But at the moment, winning races is not the most important thing. It's uh, for us as, as drivers, we still need to be doing our part for the team and trying to add value to our partners. The difficult thing, I guess, in terms of um, teams getting sponsorship in is no one's able to really grow their businesses or have have uh, any uh, revenue there um, to, to have that disposable income to sponsor things. And obviously without us putting on a show, there's not really much to sponsor. So from the driving perspective, um, you know, I think we need to, uh, as drivers change the way we go about doing things right now, we need to find ways to, to add value to our partners so that in this time we can still somewhat service them and ensure that they're going to be there when we do go back to racing because, you know, at the, at the end of the day, if, uh, if we do go back racing but the sponsors aren't there to support it, um, then we're going to be in trouble as well. So um, hopefully our businesses can sustain this period because I think same as our category, what we're facing at the moment is just a a real matter of, of survival. Number one is, is surviving this. I mean, at the end of it, we've all got to be able to come out the other side. And um, yeah, I mean, from my point of view, obviously, I'm, I'm working on different avenues in which I can offer value to our partners and still help my team as well to make sure we're going to be strong when we come back. And then media, which is a, a content creating um, agency, uh, we do commercial work as well as uh, creating content for athletes, sporting teams, uh, and codes. And uh, it's kind of been an exciting time in a way with that because we're trying to, at the moment, find ways which are new and, and um, uh, creative to, to still, I guess, generate content for people to, to consume because at the moment um, the industry that I'm in with One Night Media is, uh, is a popular one because most people now are at home. They're not working um, nine to five every day. So content um, is, is, is king. So from our perspective, we've been extremely busy um, servicing existing clients as well as new ones now that are looking at finding ways to, to be relevant in this period. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's two very different um, things I'm dealing with. As a driver, I'm on standby, and then with OneNote Media, um, we're busier than ever, albeit it's a slightly different way of doing our business. Now we're 
we're very busy doing editing and the way content is filmed and, and consumed is different now as well with platforms like we're doing right now using Zoom rather than having a, a studio with a camera crew surrounding us doing the interviews where we're phoning in from the comfort of our own homes. And um, so, yeah, content itself is changing and we're trying to change with it, but uh, it's definitely an industry which um, is is um, is doing okay at the moment because yeah, consuming content is, is something we're all doing right now. Barry Ryan, um, your team has uh, not only uh, been involved as a growing team, but also you've uh, adapted to the times as Triple Eight did as well in in providing more than just something to keep your boys busy, but you've uh, actually gone out and started making things. How can Supercars make an assistance to help your team uh, grow and and continue on? Yeah, sorry for being late, firstly. Um, Yeah, Supercars been a great help so far. We're not doing it as a money-making thing at all at this stage. It's basically some um, something we're doing that Betty had some funds to allocate that she's going to allocate to a hospital some at some stage this year. So, uh, yeah, just come out of um, one of our engineers, Mirko, being Italian, and obviously he's got a lot of stress what's happened over there, and he wanted to do something with um, this old, old mask here and putting some adapters on it and make it PPE. So, um, yeah, we work with Dr. Carl from Word Go, and it's been really good to, to show us what they actually need. So we've um, we've done a heap of uh, different things with him, uh, intubation box, which is just protect the healthcare worker, and just the simple face shields. We've done over 10,000 of those now to about 120 hospitals. So that's been pretty cool and really well received. But, yeah, our staff has been as home making face shields, so and we're just going to drop off each point, get a pick up and then they go home and make 100 a day and you know, we're, we're probably over the hill now. We've got most of the major hospitals with sort of 86 mark uh, face shields each and the way we did them, they're not disposable. They're actually um, able to be cleaned. So, yeah, it's been good. It feels good to help. I think that's a big thing. Okay. Thomas Randall, uh, welcome on board. Um, as uh, probably the man with the newest business uh, in that you've just launched, Later business on on the back of uh, joining the E series in a couple of different categories. Supercars obviously uh, are your future, uh, and you want it to be. How, how are they doing uh, for you at the moment? Well, firstly, thanks for having me, Tony, and good afternoon, everyone. Uh, it's yeah, obviously a very tricky time with supercars. They're not just supercars; all sports around Australia and sports around the world. Um, obviously, not, not much is on. T- television either so i think supercars is doing a fantastic job with the e-series i, I was never really a, a big follower of the e-series last year with the with the non-professional drivers but the professional e-series drivers so i've actually been really invested in it and maybe that's because it's the only live sport we've got at the moment but um it was great to be a part of it last week and like you mentioned as well i've, I've launched a uh, simulator business here in melbourne so it's been something i've been working on for the, the past few years. When I used to live in the UK, racing Formula Three over there, I saw it seemed to be quite a big uh, business avenue uh, or driver coaching slash training avenue there. So I thought if I could get the, the tools required, I'd be able to sort of run something similar here in, in Melbourne because I, I felt like I'd like to try and give my help uh, other drivers. Uh, improve their skills on the racetrack and not even on the racetrack but even just on the road as well so um yeah i launched that last wednesday and it was great uh, great to get that that underway and i've had a, had a couple of clients so far which has been really good and um yeah i mean it's always going to be difficult in this time and it's, it's not really my main focus i'm also studying mechanical engineering so that's that's all 
gone fully online now just because of the whole COVID-19 pandemic. But uh, really life, apart from not racing, hasn't changed drastically. Obviously, we're all missing the, the supercars, but like Scott mentioned earlier, there's a lot uh, bigger, a lot of bigger issues out there. You know, the, the health and safety of, of everyone in not just Australia, but in the world, all the healthcare workers that are risking their lives to, to save everyone uh, and to look after everyone. I mean, I think that the number of cases has dropped significantly. I mean, and, and the work that all the guys at AAA are doing in Erebus, it's been fantastic seeing what you guys have uh, have engineered and, and come up with and put that in into the into practice. It's, it's just been fantastic to see. So I just want to say a big well done and kudos to you guys. That's, that's really awesome to see and hopefully um, – you guys are saving or can save you know at least one life i'm sure that was that that's your plan and you know i'd like to get we'd like to get involved with something like that but we don't have the capabilities but um yeah it's it's just a tough time at the moment roland you've always had a team that uh, is involved has sponsors who are involved in the sport involved in your business other stakeholders um you've diversified the ownership in the last sort of five or ten years Tell us about the impact that uh, sponsors are going to have in the way in which your business is going to go in, in the future. Well, clearly, the sponsorship world is not going to be the same the other side of this uh, for a whole variety of reasons. I mean, some to be honest, some sponsors uh, in the in the sporting world, supercar world, etc., probably themselves not going to to make it through to the other side of this. So. Uh, it'll be a different world. There'll be a recut, um, a recut to be sure. Uh, there has to be a recut of the cost base for motor racing around the world, let alone here. And um, some sponsors will be more inclined to continue than others. But uh, our, yeah, our focus at the moment has been to uh, first and foremost make sure that our staff are, are all good. Uh, secondly, organise ourselves for yeah, potentially uh, what could have been probably isn't now, but what could have been a six-month hiatus uh, to make sure that we were in a good financial position to to deal with that. Uh, that was our, our second objective, and and then our, our, our third objective was to uh, to try and look after and, and engage with our sponsors as best we could during this period, and some of that has been, to be honest, to, to, to achieve that through the, the E-series. Uh, but there are also a number of other initiatives, and we've been uh, very clear on, on ensuring that we've kept up with our, our social media engagement and using that properly in trying, trying times, uh, but also to, to use our, our brain power, to use our engineering uh, skills um, and hence, hence the uh, the ventilator project, which has uh, you know I don't think we'll ever I suspect we'll never be making it for Australia for the, the but the latest version uh, of the ventilator was um, shown to all the Formula One teams last night, and uh, Red Bull came straight back and said, "Well, that's better than the one that we've done in the UK." And then they sent it on without telling us to the WHO. So um, that's, that helps motivate us, helps motivate the engineers, helps motivate 
the sponsor group as well, uh, um, even if even if we never have to actually make it. Uh, but yeah, maybe maybe we will, and uh, it's all part of trying to ensure that we that we stay alive and keep everyone in our in our group uh, motivated while we while we try to get to the other side of this um, of this pandemic. Matt, Matty White, um, you've got a number of sponsors you've had for some time, and there there are a few uh, that uh, haven't been on the side of a. Matt White Racing Car uh, for, with some longevity. Um, you have you involved many of those sponsors in your business? Well, look, at the moment, um, it, it's very much about personal relations with people. It's pretty tough to to try and justify um, um, the backing that we need when when we're not racing. And uh, as Roland alluded to, you know, companies are going to be struggling just to survive, let alone um, backing race teams. So. Um, we've got to very much de- depend on good relationships with people, um, and none of us none of us exactly know how we're going to fare up at the end of this and what it's going to look like. But um, the best thing that we can do is, as I said, try and keep the communication open with everyone. That's the sport to us, um, and us to all our partners. Um, as Roland mentioned, you know they're doing an absolutely fantastic job with the projects they've undertaken and. Um, supercars with the E series, it's just making the, the best of a tough situation. And and um, you know, I was a bit of a skeptic to that, but that's certainly been a, a great little value add. Um, and it's it's really just trying to everyone's just got to make do the best with what we can at the moment. Kevin, um, obviously, uh, the Dunlop business and your involvement in motorsport has uh, been long, and. Uh, this has obviously uh, been an enormous amount for you and your job, but also um, the the way in which uh, you're working it must, must be tremendously difficult to uh, even consider uh, the way in which things could be after the pandemic's, uh, uh, you know, they're on top of it. Yeah, it's that, that type of thing. I mean, theoretically, um, in an ideal world, sort of not a great deal will change for us once we start racing. Um, the only thing will be where the formats change and there may be perhaps less tyres if we're not doing pit stops, for example, or or things like that. But uh, as I mentioned before, we've, we've got uh, a considerable amount of stock there at the moment in both the hard and the soft compound tyre. Um, we can adapt uh, really, really quickly to whatever supercars come up with. Um, you know, we're, we're all in this together. We're all going to bend over backwards to, uh, to, to to make it work and to make sure as many of us as we can come out the other side of this um, looking rosy. You know, we know it's going to be a very different world uh, come sort of July, August, September, uh, whenever it may be. Uh, but uh, we'll just uh, adapt and like all the teams, we'll, we'll just we'll make it happen. You know, it's just uh, for the betterment of everybody, for the, for the future of the sport. Harry, briefly, uh, give us an idea on how you think your business is uh, going to be uh, structured uh, when we get back to the new normal, when things open up, when we're racing again. How do you think it's going to be different? Uh, it's, it's really hard to tell. There's a, there's a plan for if we start racing again in a month. There's a plan if we start racing in three months. There's a plan for six months. So it's really hard to tell, but we're definitely um, – starting to just diversify what we do without the medical stuff. We're going to do some 
different projects that are going to get some serious income, hopefully, um, just to keep the doors open and keep as many people employed as we can. But we're definitely not going to just lean on Betty and um, rely on her you know, being able to prop the team up. We need to stay out of the room too. So yeah, we're, we've um, got some things we'll launch in the next week or two that will hopefully, you know, it's not going to be instant stuff because you can't have um, too many customers come in your building. But uh, I think as a future planning thing, we had it on the on the um, back burner anyway because it's just on our sponsorship dollars around anyway, let alone after this pandemic and what's going to happen financially. But, so, yeah, we've moved that forward now and we've, we've um, got a small group working here, set up the workshop for what we're going to do and hopefully that can pr- provide an income to subsidise what we need to go racing if we go racing again, short-term, mid-term, long-term. Scotty, um, obviously uh, things are, will be different because uh, the, the world's changed that little bit, but are there ways, things that you'll be doing now that are going to be incorporated in the way you'll work in future? Yeah, I think so. Uh, certainly in the way in which um, we, at One Night Media anyway, we create our content. I know Roland mentioned the importance of servicing um, the partners in this period is, is really focused heavily around um, creating engaging content for people to view that is still subtly sponsored or just, um, you know, a clearly branded uh, piece of content. Uh, that hasn't hasn't changed. Maybe the importance for it right now has because the uh, ability to consume more of it is, is there right now. Um, but the way I think things are changing at the moment is probably, uh, you know, for this, you know, this platform right here, I think that um, the content, the, the um, quality of the content is not necessarily going to be Number one, uh, of course, there's going to be a separation between a professional uh, video and something else, but it's going to be really about um, engaging content and regular content. I think people will come out of this expecting it to not just fall off the face of the earth. I think they're still going to expect a high level of um, the amount of content they're able to receive. Um, So I think that uh, productivity on our end needs to change. We need to be quicker in how we're doing things and delivering content to the people. Um, In terms of how I run I guess my, my life it won't won't necessarily change because I've always been someone uh, whether it was my upbringing or um, you know my car accident made me become a, a, a realist I guess it's kind of like a wake-up call that things can stop at any point um, motorsport uh, you know it's a it's a luxury I guess it's not a necessity in, in life and um, so I've always um, had instilled in me that nothing is a guarantee nothing is a certain that can be taken away so I guess I've, I have already, you know, over the last number of years started diversifying uh, my income, what I do, um, and also that has given me the ability in the past few years to kind of go back to just enjoying motorsport for what it is. Of course, like it's my, my it is my um, number one income. It's my um, main focus. But at the same time, um, I was always aware that you know, this isn't going to last forever. There's going to be a time when I come to retire as well. So, um, you know, the last number of years have been a, a process which has already been taking place. but. I think in the way that I run One Night Media, um, I've kind of I've got a business model that still went along those lines as well, a more conservative business model, which means that we can sustain um, through periods like this um, and uh, and can stand on its own as well. So I think that um, yeah, the way in which I do do things, um, I think I'll just continue to do that the same. But the way in which One Night Media services their clients, I think will change, and it already has. Um, which is exciting for us. You know, I think we'll come off the back of this and hopefully be better for it. I think it's a time where we all need to learn and adapt. And it's, um, you know, 
you've always got to, I guess, make good of a bad situation. And that's what, what Roland and Barry have done. They've just, you know, they've done something so impressive to, to use tools and assets that they've already got at their disposal to create something in a completely different industry is, uh, is, is mind blowing. I think that's what um, is so impressive about it. It's not necessarily just what they're doing, but just how quick they were able to adapt to the situation and continue to produce something, which is going to keep, um, other people alive, but also their employees employed. Um, and I think that's what, what we're seeing at the moment is that, that um, you know, survival mode and how quickly we can all adapt. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm doing my own thing, but at the same time I'm watching and observing what other people are doing, learning from them, the likes of Roland and Baz and their crew, um, and then even online now, the way our drivers have to be giving value back to our partners. Right now it's not about who wins the race in E-Series because I think it's pretty clear that the E-Series is not – um, you know, there's one, there's some that are good at it and it's just a video game. Um, you know, win cup, greatest of all time, seven time champ. He's not going to be uh, anytime soon winning races in the E-Series and that's not necessarily what it's about. What it's about is putting our brands in front of people so they can still see us, see their favourite drivers um, and, and um, yeah, and from a driver's perspective, we need to adapt and we need to change the way in which we're doing things. So, yeah, it's just, uh, that's, I guess, what I'm doing right now. It's just learning. Um. Matty, um, adapting, changing, incorporating, obviously uh, there'll be modifications the way MWR work in future. Uh, we don't have too much more that we can do. We're, we, we run a pretty sharp program cost-wise. Um, we're in a fortunate position where, where we sort of own, own everything and uh, the, the workshop we operate out of the company owns now too. Um, we did a, a big uh, solar installation a couple of years back and, you know, we get checks rolling up um, for, for power. It, it's really we need to do everything we can to keep our costs to a minimum and the sport needs to look at that. You know, they need to look, do we need 100 sensors on a race car? A, you've got to install them. Uh, B, you've got to pay for them. C, when you damage them, you've got to replace them. Um, but finally, you, you've got the engineers that analyse it and, um, the sport as itself needs to look, what advantage am I gaining from having all this information as a category versus someone that doesn't? And, you know, it just a step back needs to be taken and go, okay, how are we going to make this sport viable going forward? We need to halve the operating costs, not take 5% off. Um, so some big big decisions, you know, Baz and Roll and it, they know their costs very well, um, far better than I do. but. You know, we're only a small player, um, but we know how to survive. We know how to run a, a tight program. Um, and, and we've got to keep the desire for, for the young guys coming through because um, at the end of the day, they're the critical ones that are going to make this series viable in the future. Um, you know, but, but now's a perfect time to stand back and go, okay, let's make some big decisions. Um, that are really going to position us well for two years, three years, four years down the track. Thomas, just give us an idea on uh, the way in which life is going to change for you as a, a driver in this uh, new landscape and as a manager or an owner of a team, uh, a uh, business rather, and simulating. Yeah, well, I mean, I've just, I don't think the business at the moment is really going to be affected. I mean, I'm, I'm running it within strict COVID-19 guidelines. The room uh, allows for two people to be in it, so someone on the simulator and someone operating all the, the telemetry uh, footage, all that stuff. So 
that probably won't be affected. It just depends on who wants to come out of their house and, and go on the sim. I mean, that's, that's uh, yeah, that, that would be the only thing that affects it. But it, it really is, it's not costing me any money to, to, to really have it there, just some electricity. Um, but in terms of the racing side of things, I mean, as Scott touched on earlier, this is a critical time where you need to be keeping in contact with all your supporters and all your sponsors because, I mean, if we go back racing, and uh, which we will, just depends when we do. I mean, we we need to for, for me or for us, you know, we need to have uh, have the income to 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 pay for our our drive. I mean, that, that's the way it is in Super Two supercars for for drivers to paid at the moment. I'm sure a lot of them will have had significant pay cuts. I have no doubt. And for the drivers who are bringing money uh, through their sponsors, uh, it might it's going to raise. Uh, New challenges because, for example, the money required to bring, they may not be able to bring that anymore because the sponsors may not be able to fund it or or have the the income they might be saving that for for surviving or to keep their business afloat. You know, the last thing that probably a lot of these sponsors are going to want to do is uh, is sponsor a race car. I mean. Obviously, we all saw that Virgin Australia went into a voluntary administration. Probably the last thing they want to do is be spending millions on a on a supercars deal. You know that they want to be selling their assets to you know not not go under completely. So, uh, but that's obviously that's out of my control. But in terms of for, for Super Two driving, you know, my dad he works on uh, Rusty French's cars twenty four seven nearly. Um, so he's out my main supporter and um, it's obviously important that we keep that relationship strong and, you know, it, it has been strong. I mean, he's, he's, he's been there for when we've moved across from Tickford to, to Matt White Motorsport and also my move to BJR. He's been completely supportive of that and everyone knows he's a, a co-owner of Tickford. So there's, there's no issue with that. And, I obviously would like to be back in the seat as soon as possible, and I mean it's um it's obviously hard on on the teams as well. It's hard for Matt because he's he's r- trying to run three cars, and it's difficult to to know what's going to happen when we go back. But at the moment, we've just got to wait it out, and uh, the longer that we're away, the the more the pain is going to be financially. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's tough, and. Like I said, just gotta just gotta keep try and keep the sponsors happy, and that's I think like Scott mentioned earlier with the E series, it's uh it's a really good spot to be promoting your brands because I think supercars are reaching you know 500,000 people on their, on their Facebook Live, and with the these Fox Sports, I think the races are getting eighty thousand or something, which I mean is is really good numbers because this is the only live entertainment live sport they're getting and that's the thing about the a-series like scott said it's not really about who wins the races it's more about providing entertainment or live entertainment and they're they're seeing the cars like they would in real life and when they show all the webcams of all the drivers they're all wearing their team kit or their race suit they've got sponsors in the background so really i think um with the e-series it's keeping the sponsors happy and i think what a really great idea which i'm sure that they've been talking about would be to continue doing e-series for the for the drivers even when the championships come back i mean because afl they're, they're playing games 
when everything's normal, there's AFL games every weekend, whereas supercars, you have a race, then there could be a month off. Sometimes there's two months off and we kind of become irrelevant in that time. You know, we're kind of forgotten about and then it's like, I mean, for the for the diehard fans, yes, it's we know when supercars is going to be, but the, the guys that are just sort of getting into supercars, you know, those, those fans that we, we want to break through, you know, the, the more fans we have as a sport, the better. And if if you tell them that, oh, there's a race here, but then there's, the next race is two months later, it's kind of like, well, how do we keep track of it? But if there's, if there's if there could be a dedicated E-series as well on the weekends that we're not racing, I mean, it just allows the fans to, to see the drivers more often than they already do. And whether or not they can somehow incorporate E-series with, main, with the actual driving, I mean, my dad actually thought of a really radical idea, which would be to, you know, if you made a qualifying session in E-Series, actually count towards maybe a race or something in the real world. So maybe maybe fans who are into video games, just 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 fans that are not, and they haven't actually broken into real world sports, but they might just be interested in video games. They see that and go, oh, well, that actually is relevant to the real thing. So maybe they want to go and then watch, see how they go in the real thing because of what they saw from the qualifying of the, of the iRacing. And it just also puts more pressure on the drivers in iRacing. So I don't know. There's, there's there's so many avenues that they could take. But, yeah, at the moment I think that obviously the money is the is the hardest thing, trying to trying to have the income and, and the support the championship and all the drivers and the, and the teams there. Kevin, um, Obviously, you, you work for a very large organisation, an international company that looks upon uh, competing uh, with their tyres in the series, um, both the Dunlop and Goodyear um, sides of the business. How do you think that things are going to sort of flash out in the future? I mean, the company obviously uh, has been there for a long time. You can't see uh, any change to that really in the near future? As far as the supercar side of the business goes, I mean, we, um, you know, we're contracted till the end of 2024 at this stage, so it's been a long-standing arrangement. This is the 19th season of the tyre supply from Dunlop to the supercar side of the business. Um, but as we all know, it's it's going to be different. Um, but uh, whether that's less tyres, that they're, they're, they're uh, consumable, they're, uh, you know, they're not a cheap item. I mean, they're relatively cheap, but they're not a cheap item. So it's something that we need to, as Roland mentioned, you know, we need to find ways of saving money, um, you know, whether it be through race formats, pit stops, um, you know, less tyres, whatever the case may be, um, you know, we'll support anything that supercars want to do. We're we're a, they're a valued partner of ours and we're a valued partner of theirs, I'd like to think. Um, you know, it's just that that type of thing. We need to be prepared for a very, very different world come post-COVID-19. And I think that's that's basically where we're at. We're, uh, we're all flying blind at the moment until we get some direction from uh, the federal government, Motorsport Australia, supercars, um, so the boxes keep getting ticked, you know. But until we actually start doing it, um, then uh, we're a little bit unsure. We'll, we'll back it uh, to the hilt, whichever way and direction they decide to go. But the absolute foremost thing at the moment is we've got to cut costs. Okay. Maddie, um, you haven't had a high profile in the E-Series, um, obviously through Thomas uh, driving there and um, you have an involvement. Um, could you see the E-Series having uh, MWR involved in it? 
Um, well, unfortunately, that's sort of outside our control. It, it's very much dictated by supercars at the moment. Um, I mean, yeah. our drivers are all chomping at the bit to be involved. And I've just received another request um, from one of them as we've been on this call, uh, really desperately wanting to get a Guernsey in it because they see the value. And, and, you know, some of the guys really haven't been active participants in the E-Series. I'm talking about the main series drivers. But in the Super 2 field, you know, most of the category have been doing it um, fr- from the get-go because mo- mostly, mostly because of the youth side. Um, but it's it really it's a way to keep them interested and the involvement going. Um, yes, they're getting the great PR that um, the E-Series has been getting, um, but we've got to keep these guys interested. And, um, you yeah, know, I'd love to see supercars. I don't really understand why we couldn't have five, maybe seven wild cards on each of these events because, uh, as Gizzy said, the, the more numbers, as long as guys are sensible and, and they're all there because they want to be part of this sport, so I'm sure they would be. Um, you know, I, I see that, you know, what we've got going now, it's the best thing that the sport can be doing just to try and keep the, the fan interest, the driver interest, the teams, um, you know, it has been a, I guess you'd say, a breath of fresh air in what is a pretty tough environment. It's interesting um, that uh, on commercial news stations 9, 10 and, and 7, that um, when there's been uh, a race with some spectators, it's only been three weeks of it now, but they've all got a clip in their news breaks. And, in fact, you know, several times there have been comments between the news people saying, wow, that's so realistic looking. Scotty, um, are you enjoying the uh, E-Series? Is it something that you uh, would like to continue on doing in future? Uh, I, I am. I, I'm enjoying it for what it is. I think that um, – it's it's difficult. There's there's some drivers which are I guess almost gamers. They're um, and you know we're seeing we're seeing that where I mentioned before with Wing Cup. I mean the guy's seven times. He's won Bathurst a few times. It's, I mean he's quite good at Bathurst. He qualified twenty third or twenty fourth in the E Series. So I mean let's face it, it's not exactly um, representative of the real thing. It's definitely something if you've grown up gaming, you're just going to be fast. It's not something that if, you know if you've got eight years experience, then it's going to be better than, than um, you know, wing up with two weeks on his simulator. But um, what it is, I mean, supercars have done such an amazing job at, um, you know, similarly to, to the race teams at Erebus and and, um, and AAA with, I guess, reacting to the times and, um, and using um, their ability to adapt. Um, supercars have done the same with, with obviously – Fox Sports getting involved. We've still got uh, the, the events are ran really professionally, still with the same crews and producers that we have on an actual supercar weekend. So the quality of um, the broadcast is is top notch. Um, the the game itself, we're fortunate that we're in a sport that we do have a game which is still very realistic, um, and if taken seriously, the racing's fantastic as well. Um, so you know, I think that that supercars have done an amazing job at reacting to the situation. And being able to give our fans and sponsors something which is of real value, um, for me personally, I do. I enjoy it. I look forward to the Wednesday night. I'm now racing um, online. Uh, what am I doing? I'm doing uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. This Thursday now, we've actually got a, a local heroes championship that uh, Ben Gisbergen started. So we've got six Formula One guys this weekend. We're closing it. 
Um, and then we've got a couple of supercar drivers as well as uh, Formula E drivers. So, you know, this this platform for me is something which is new, but I am really enjoying it, embracing it. Twitch, I mean, I didn't even really know what Twitch was before this. I'm streaming on that now. Um, so, you know, it, it's a totally different world. And, and I, I've mentioned a few times that us as drivers, we have to also adapt it at um, ways in which we're offering value to our employers. You know, for me to, to uh, be able to give Charlie some value and also Dewalt and our other partners, um, we need to change how we're doing that. And it's not necessarily just about winning the race because even the sponsors can appreciate that this is very different to real life, um, you know, but... We need to be at the front still and um, showing our car on TV, but it's certainly something which, um, thanks to, to supercars, we've been able to still offer amazing value. And like you said, we're making it on um, Prime Stations, which is which is amazing. So for what it is, it's it's um, been successful. I think we should continue to do something. I don't think there's, um, you know, I think it needs to be something in itself. And uh, the difficulty for, for me personally is if we do go back to full racing or when we do, is also running my business outside of racing um as well as gaming um if done for fun there's plenty of time for it but uh, i'm competitive like everyone else and if there's going to be a supercars championship online uh we need to be dedicating hours to it i know some drivers are dedicating 60 hours a week just to e-series um, for me that's not feasible um i've got a business to run um i'm also a professional race car driver so i need to train it and not be uh be putting on the kilos like christmas time but um yeah there's certainly a, there is a platform for it. it has been great supercar's done a good job and um so far um the majority have, have taken it serious none of us like to lose um i think reynolds tried taking it as a bit of fun um uh, but but being competitive i think that's had to change pretty fast because uh, none of us like to lose what did you think of uh, Tom Randall's father, Dean, who came up with the idea of E-Series qualifying being used in the main game? With <laughs> well, I mean, as the father of, of Tom, who's a pretty handy gamer, I think that's not a bad recommendation. Um, if if hey, my really dad was around and could see me driving online, I think he'd probably be heavily against it, going how rubbish I am on E-Series. But, um, no, I mean, we still see it. I, like, I think that there's, there are some times where the field looks relatively similar um, to real life, but at the end of the day, it's not. I mean, I've been racing cars or driving in real life now for 24 years. Um, I've been gaming for a month, so it, it's 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 just totally different. It's two two completely different worlds, but at the same time, we're still doing something so similar um, that we're we're going to be naturally pretty good at it. But I think to be at the top level, um, it's going to take time, and I don't think I could accept, say, um, at a at a supercar event starting mid-pack um, because that's where I qualified on a game. <laughs> I would feel like punching my computer screen, I think. But uh, no. But I think, if you're good at it and you're putting on yeah. polls, you'd love that idea, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think so. But um, I think Wing Cup might be opposed to it. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that um, I'm loving it. And I watched, I've actually watched the races back and um, – it does look real. I mean, you've got the, the race craft is still there. The the moves are still similar to real life. Like the 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 um, Bunnings trade power passes. You watch those, and uh, and they look just like real life. We're still setting people up the same way. The racing is very similar. Um, so our fans are seeing something which is is like no other sport can do. I mean, AFL they're going to be playing with controllers with with buttons. For us, we're still we've still got two pedals we've got well three pedals so i'm used to i've been on the sim that long now putting everything in paddles and i'm using two feet uh two pedals but um you know we've still got all the same um ergonomics we have in the race car so um yeah we are fortunate we're in a position we can do something very similar to real life 
Well, fortunately, the crashes don't aren't, aren't echoed in real life. <laughs> yeah. what, I, I've had some big crashes in real life, but if I'd had any of the ones I've had in E Series, I don't think I'd be sitting here talking to you now. No, indeed not. Kevin, how's the idea of uh, some sponsors getting involved in qualifying? You know. <laughs> Absolutely, jump at the chance. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, they um, should have to roll out first. So we're yeah. behind you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, the, the whole concept. It's been fantastic to watch, and the the television production's exceptional. They're getting some massive raps worldwide. You know, it's uh, it's bringing a whole new league league of fans in um, that we would never have engaged with previously. So uh, I'm all for it, you know. Yeah. Um, a bit hard when we're only virtual ties, but um, absolutely getting involved would be a fantastic thing. Roland, as the uh, most successful team in recent times, certainly since you've been in the series, and you obviously have a team that does adapt and does incorporate and will change and modify. Do you think that there are going to be massive changes to, to the way in which the series will run as well as your own team? Well, the, the straight answer to that is yes, uh, there are going to be. There's going to be a, um, a big reset. Uh, we're going to have to uh, really get our head around the fact that um, we're going to be much closer to how the category was 20 years ago in many ways. Uh, and, it, and it's not just us. It's not just uh, supercars. You know, I don't want to, uh, to think this is only a supercars issue. This is going to go across the whole of... Um, uh, the whole of the motorsport world from Formula One downwards. So uh, anyone in a, in a main series team who, who thinks that they're going to be able to employ the same number of people to run the same number of cars uh, when we come back racing um, without having other sources of income or other things going on is kidding themselves. So the teams are... Uh, are they going to have to be smaller and employ fewer people? And that's just a fact of life. I get fed up with people saying, oh, we can't make, in Formula One, we can't make people redundant. Well, why, why are you different from any other business? You have to cut your costs accordingly. And uh, if you want to keep employing the same number of people, then you've got to come up with other revenue channels. So that's the choice you make. And uh, supercars will... Uh, as, a, as a sport, uh, be very different when we come back. And uh, that'll, to be honest, will be much closer to being Super 2 Plus than Supercars Minus, if you like, in terms of the makeup uh, of, the, of the number of people. And, the, and in due course, after that, the, the equipment will have to reflect that as well. Thank you very much for everyone for joining us. And Roland, thank you for those comments. And I'm sure that you're pretty close on the mark there about the downsizing and, uh, and such things. It's, uh, it's certainly going to be an interesting landscape uh, in the coming months. Um, and, you know, there are so many things. I understand that Sean Seymour recently talked about that, that hubs weren't going to be a possibility. Um, there are many ways in which the cloth, as you say, will be cut. And uh, on Inside Supercars, we hope to get you back and have a chat when we know more about the landscape. So thank you, gentlemen, for joining us on Inside Supercars. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Roland, Barry, Matty, Scott. Thanks, guys. See you, guys. Thank you. Take care. Stay safe. See you, That's it for Inside Supercars. Uh, we hope that you've learnt uh, some way in which various people in the various parts of the Supercars Championship 
are coping with COVID-19 and the way in which their businesses are adapting to it and will incorporate changes as we move into the second half of 2020 and hopefully racing in the near future. That's it from Inside Supercars. That's all from Tony Whitlock and Craig Vell. From you to me, thank you. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.